hours tonight. That was that we're trying to piecemeal this. How am I going to get this and bring it to an end where we're going? But they're going to get everything they need. God and, and I'm like, Lord, only you. Amen. So I'm leaning on the spirit of God to get us what we need tonight. And I do believe that your lives will be enriched for it. If you have your Bibles, did you did you get something last week from Minister Addison as she taught on the honor of preference? Yes. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. This portion of honor that we have been in is very critical and very, very, very significant. And so there's a few other pieces that we're going to be covering for you. And so. If you would work with, us, work with me tonight, I believe we'll, we'll get somewhere, get somewhere. If you have Bibles, if you can, or device you're using for a Bible, if you wouldn't mind, if you wouldn't mind, go to Mark chapter number 10. Mark chapter number 10. That's where we're going to be. How many of you have Colossians 3 down? Well, praise the Lord. Look at all the hands. Again, this is why, this is why. Um, I need to do it in class because, see, in class, I'm your teacher. I'm not your pastor, praise God. I said in class, I'm your teacher, not your pastor. <laughs> on Wednesday night, I'm pastor, and so I can't get on to you like I would get on to you in class because then you'll be mad at pastor. It's different if you get mad at the teacher. <laughs> Some of y'all are a little too serious for me tonight. I'm sorry. I, 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 Praise the Lord, Larry. Thank you. They, they too serious. <laughs> Mark chapter number 10. Once you're there, give me a hearty amen. amen. We're going to be looking at verse 42. Verse 42. Mark chapter 10. And beginning with verse 42. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and they greet and their great ones... Their great ones exercise authority over them, yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. One of the first things that always jumps out to me in this text that I want you to make note of is notice that in verse 42, the Bible says Jesus called them to himself. It is very important when you have people who are going to serve on your behalf or represent you that they have been with you. Because they can think they are representing you well, but they have not spent time with you and they are really misrepresenting you and they're misrepresenting you potentially to the people God has called you to reach. So Jesus called them to himself and he said there's a disposition, there's an attitude, there's a way that you need to be marked if you're going to represent me. And Jesus wanted to make sure that it was understood by them. And then notice what he says to them. Notice what he says in Mark 10 and 42. He says, but Jesus called them to himself and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. 
Yet it shall not be so among you. Jesus says, I do not want your disposition to be that you're going to rule over them as though you don't have any issues. Don't you lord it over them. That's not how I want you to be. So this is very, very significant because one of the things that Jesus did in order to be his disciple, in order to be Jesus' disciple, you had to, number one, deny yourself. Number two, you had to take up your cross daily. Come on, disciple. Yeah, you got to deny yourself. Then you got to take up your cross daily, and then you got to follow Jesus. You got to follow him. Jesus went to the cross how many times? How many times we pick up our cross? Notice the difference. Notice the difference. <laughs> so we should not have, we should not try to handle Jesus' cross because our blood does not have the ability to ransom or save anybody. So we leave his cross to him to handle. So every believer, everybody say every believer. Every believer is called to servanthood. Everybody that's a child of God is called to servanthood. You can't get away from it. You can't get around it. If you're not living a life of a servant, then you are not living a Christian life. Pastor, that's pretty strong, but that's just very true. If you are not willing to be a servant, you are not living a Christian lifestyle. There's some scriptures, boy, I wish I, we had time to turn to. But, but here it is. Well, go to this one, John 13. John 13. Man, help us, Holy Spirit, tonight. Holland, if you leave the time off the clock, I'll just act like the time hadn't came. Praise God. If you just leave the time off the clock, I'll act like the time hadn't came. And unless somebody, everybody just walk out, I'll just keep talking. Praise God. <laughs> John 13, are you there? Verse, verse number 13. You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Notice that the example that Jesus left us in the earth, Jesus didn't come as a rock star. He didn't come as a corporate exec. He didn't come as a superstar athlete. He came as a servant. And that is the example that he's left us in the earth is the example of a servant. And so he is saying that we all has to have to embrace the example that he has given us. So servants, watch this, servants do not have self-wills. In other words, they're not selfish. Selfish uh, servants do not have self-wills. They're not selfish their desire is to do whatever the master desires. As a servant, your desire should be whatever the master desires. Very, very, very important. So we understand that when we are, when we are operating in servanthood, that our desire is not to be men pleasers. We're not looking to be men pleasers. Our desire is to please God when we're serving men. Did you hear what I said? Our, our goal is not to be men pleasers. Our goal is to be pleasing to God while we are 
serving men. Is that all right? Now, unfortunately, unfortunately, this sometimes happened. Um, well, go to First John four. First John four. Oh, y'all got to work tonight with me. First John chapter number four. That's little John. First John four, verse number twenty. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who, ha- who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? So when the Bible, when the Bible says, how can you serve God when you have not seen him and not serve people that you can see? You cannot have an issue with serving people, and I don't care what color their skin is. It's not based on their race. It's not based on their sexuality. Are you hearing me? You have to be able to serve people that you see in order to say you love the God you don't see. So servanthood is critical for all of us. (laughs) When, When you are willing to be a servant, before you can ever wear a title, you may have a title as minister. You may have a title as pastor. You may, be, you may have a title as a manager on your job. You may have a title as, as father, wife, husband, uh, mother. You may have any type of title, a title. But before you wear a title in your life, before you wear a title, make sure you first embrace servant. You may be a leader. Before you embrace being a leader, make sure you embrace being a servant. So we want servant leaders, servant husbands, servant wives, servant mothers, servant fathers. Are you getting me? Servant pastors, servant ministers. We want to embrace the title of servant first. And it's important because if you embrace the title of servant first, you can tap into unlimited anointings. If I only embrace the title of pastor, then I put a limitation on the anointings that I can partake of. So if somebody needs a prophetic word, then I won't have the anointing of the prophet on me because I embrace the title of pastor. But if I embrace the title of servant, I'm a servant pastor. And because I am a servant first, as a servant, I have a grace to embrace whatever somebody needs. If they need the prophet, I can embrace the anointing of a prophet because I'm a servant. So you want to embrace the title of servant first, regardless of what your title is, because then you have unlimited anointings available to you. But when you embrace your title first, you limit yourself to just what the title is. As a servant of God, you have access to all anointings. You could, you could see that. I have some scriptures for you. Romans 1 and 1, Philippians 1 and 1, Titus 1 and 1, James 1 and 1, 2 Peter 1 and 1, Jude 1 and 1. If you notice all those, that was a, I, I am a bond servant. I'm a bond servant. All of them had titles, but they, are, they were bond servants of Christ. 
And as a result, if you even go back and look in the book of Acts, in the book of Acts where the where the church had been established and now they were needing they were needing uh, deacons and deaconess because of the racial issues that was taking place because the Grecians were feeling like that they were being less treated, not treated as well as the Hebraic people. You will you'll see. Oh, y'all didn't know racism was in the word. That's why we have to deal with it in the earth because of them. I just slipped that in. I'm, we'll come back to it at another time. Praise God. Y'all can't get tight about that now. We're an international church, praise God. <laughs> so, so, so here it is. Watch this. Because they were willing to embrace the title of servant, it was those very individuals who were casting out devils, laying hands on the sick and healing people. Are you hearing to me? Because they could tap into the unlimited anointings that was available to them. Because they didn't just stay with a title. They were willing to be servants first. Tell your neighbor, I'm a servant. As a servant? Come on, say it all. Say, I, I am a servant. As a servant, my motto is born to help. See, that's the servant motto. Here at the family, if you are in servanthood, you know that the motto is born to help. Born to help. You are anointed to help. Praise God. Glory to God. All you need to do is find your area that you can help in. So before you can be minister or evangelist or prophet or doctor, be a servant. Amen. <laughs> when our titles comes before our callings, that's when things get twisted. Are you hearing me? Some people, you need to remember that as a child of God, you are a servant employee. You go to serve your company, to serve your job, not on behalf of the company, on behalf of God. I serve at the pleasure of my master. And as a result, I'm here to be a blessing to you. Woo. Now go to Isaiah 10, Isaiah 10. Man, uh, Natasha, did you get a text back? Praise the Lord, it was my son's, and he had taken it. Praise God. Tore up my illustration. To God be the glory. Isaiah chapter 10, when you get there, let me know you're there. How about the rest of you? Oh, well, praise the Lord. Now only two people spoke at first. Yo, y'all all right? Listen, you might be a little woozy because of the fast. You might be. No, no, no. You're in your second week. You ain't woozy. I will not release that over you. You're not woozy. You're in your second week now. Your body feeling good. You might, you might have been feeling a little weary because you came to prayer at six and you hadn't laid down yet. You all right? The anointing's on you. If you learn to hook up with your man of God and come in agreement, you'll feel the grace. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 10, verse number 27. Very familiar text. Just want to bring it to you in a very different way. Isaiah 10 and 27. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. So in our relationships, you and I should be the burden remover or we should be the easiest relationships that people have. Why? Because we want to lift them. 
Are you hearing me? You ought to be the easiest relationship anybody ever has. Because you are a burden remover. Now, I want to see if I can show you. Uh, you got my briefcase on? Can you zip it up for me? I need, I need a guinea pig, somebody that don't mind. Somebody that don't mind being pastor's guinea pig. Don't run out once now. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Praise the Lord. Everybody just acting in fear. <laughs> Nobody would get up. Thank, thank, thank you. So, so, so watch this, watch this. She is here, and she is carrying she is carrying something don't make no sound don't make no sound she is carrying something that has weight and whenever you have weight watch this weight will always cause your shoulders to go down. You doing so well. What a good, what a good example. You all right right there? You good? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now 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 watch this. Watch this. It shall come to pass in that day that his burdens will be taken from your shoulders. If you are going to be a burden remover. Watch the, the Bible talks about us fulfilling the, fulfilling the law of Christ, the law of the anointing. In order for us to fulfill the law of the anointing, that means I have to be a burden remover. So I have to show up in the lives of another person and take weight off them so that their shoulders can be lifted back up. And now I'm carrying the weight. And while I'm carrying the weight, they can be renewed, refreshed, strengthened, so that now when the weight becomes heavy on me, the same individual that I lifted weight from can show up and remove the burden from me and place it back on them until I get renewed and refreshed. Are you with me? Now watch this. Uh huh. Stand back up. This is gonna be a little different. This is gonna be a little different. Trust Pastor. Trust Pastor. He won't hurt you. He won't hurt you. He won't hurt you. You got it. <laughs> you got it. You good? <laughs> watch this. And his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointings. So you and I have to be removers of burdens and destroyers of yokes. Burdens and yoke weighs down people, especially without the anointing. When people don't have an anointing, weights and bird, yokes and burdens will weigh them down. Are you hearing me? If you and I lift burdens instead of being a burden multiplier, if you and I would uh, remove the yokes instead of being a yoke magnifier, we'll be like Christ who spent his whole life lightening the load of others. 
So you and I are responsible to show up in the lives of people who have yokes around their necks. Do you know that a yoke, you get yoked together by it being around? So we are to show up and remove the yoke from around their neck by the anointing. What would it be like if you saw your sister here straining and struggling and choking out of life because of a yoke around her neck and nobody shows up with an anointing to destroy it? People of God, this is what we're allowing to happen in the earth right now. We're watching people's lives be destroyed and we got the grace on us. We got the anointing on us for them. And because we don't know them, we won't go to them and remove that yoke. Because we're concerned what they may think about us or what they may say about who do you think you are? What do you think you're capable? Listen, listen, I'm just an servant. And I see you're yoked with something. And if you allow me, I have a grace on my life to pray for what's on you. And I promise you, what's on you will come off. Are you hearing me? I don't care if it's a burden on the shoulder or a yoke around the neck. You have to, thank you so much. Can y'all give her a hand for helping me out? You have to choose to be a burden remover and a yoke destroyer. Now, hear me. Please listen real closely. I'm not talking about you showing up being that at church. I'm talking about you being that on your job. How about you first be that at home, in your house? Why don't you remove the burdens and the yokes of the people in the home you live in? You may live by yourself, but you may have friends and you may have family that's going through stuff. Why don't you be the burden remover and the yoke destroyer in their life? See, we think this stuff is just for church, but this stuff is for servants, And servants can uh, tap into the grace wherever they go, whenever they are there. So don't ever think you're just anointed when you're at church. As a matter of fact, I find some of my greatest anointing is when I'm not here. Some of my greatest anointing is when I'm not here. Are you hearing me? Pastor, you you sound like you're mad. I'm not mad at nobody, y'all. I'm just real passionate about this life of a servant, of servanthood. I'm so sick of people doing church. Sick of people showing up doing church. I'm sick of people who show up to church thinking church is just for them. Church isn't just for you. So then, Pastor, where do we serve? Where do we serve? Number one, you serve in ministry. Number two, you serve at home. Number three, you serve publicly. Ministry, home, and publicly. Ministry, home, and publicly. How do you serve? How do you serve? This is critical. How do you serve? Please know this. Everybody, everybody in the room, you have to know this. Number one, you serve spiritually. You serve spiritually. Number two, listen closely, you serve physically. And thirdly, and one of the most neglected area of servanthood is emotionally. Mm-hmm. 
I'm I'm a, I'm a confess. So I'm gonna tell on myself because this thing was lightning rods to me while I was studying it because I had just walked through it and I had missed it. And man, when I was studying it, I was like, you know this. And it's one thing to know it in your head, but it's another thing when you gotta walk it out. <laughs> Two ways to serve spiritually, two ways to serve spiritually. Number one, intercession. Those of you that's been coming out to prayer, thank you. Intercession. That's a way of serving spiritually. Your prayers can make the difference in the, in the lives of others. We have to learn how to serve people in prayer. All right? Number two, number two. Man, the second way to serve spiritually is to preserve purity in others. Preserve purity in others. Pastor, what do you mean by that? Don't introduce people to things that could lead them to bondage. <laughs> you have a role and a responsibility in helping preserve purity in others' lives. As parents, we become one of the strongest conduits of purity or perversion in our children's lives. We either conduit for purity or conduit for perversion. Good question to ask yourself. Am I serving spiritually in, in the ministry, in my home, or in public? Am I serving spiritually in the ministry, in my house, or in public? Physical servanthood. Mm. Physical servanthood. Over in Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Man, I sure wasn't going to go there. But we're there now, so. Ephesians chapter 4. Very familiar text. Verse number 11. And he himself. Gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. In other words, you don't need to find yourself pursuing these ministry gifts unless you, are, unless you have come into a place of maturity. When you have reached maturity, when you've reached maturity and you find yourself pursuing these place, these place of um, ministry gifts, these fivefold ministry gifts, when you find yourself mature, there's a reason for the maturity. There's a reason for it. You don't just get a title just so you can glorify yourself. You get a title because there's a reason for it. There's some physical servanthood you got to do. There's work. Ministry is spelled W-O-R-K. She said in capitals. I agree, praise God. Watch this, verse 12, verse 12. So all these gifts were given for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry. For the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ 
till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man or mature man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up. Tell your neighbor to grow up. You didn't say it like I said it. Say it like grow up. You've been that age too long, praise God. Grow up. You've been at that stage too long. Grow up. (laughs) May grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Now, watch this. Man. In God's kingdom, people do physical servanthood. Because saints are to do the work of the ministry. Oh, goodness. Why, why are we down this road, Lord? It's not there. I'm not supposed to be talking about this. It's not in the notes. Why are we going down the road? This is why you have to condition your body for ministry. You can't just let your body go and then think you're going to be able to give God your very best. Because if your body, if your body, how many bodies you get in this earth? How many bodies you get in this earth? If your body lays down, guess what happens to your big giant spirit? Lays down with your body. So all that work you have in you that needs to be done is laying down with your physical body. Why do you think Paul says, I beat my body? I discipline it. Come on. How many of us can agree that we've had some struggles with our bodies? I don't care whether it was eating, weight. I don't care what it is. How many of us can agree it might have been sin? I don't care what it was. How many of us can agree we've had some issues with the body? So can you agree that your body still needs discipline? Without your body, you cannot do the work of ministry. That's physical servanthood. If I can't call on you and ask you, can you give me a hand to move the chairs? And your response, Pastor, I'd be glad to, but my body's hurt. Praise the Lord. I appreciate it. I know your heart is to help serve the house, but you're not helping me. Are y'all, are y'all all right? And here's what happens sometimes even in Christendom, in people's mind. People think that manual labor is like a Hispanic evangelist. They don't want to get jobs. They don't want to do what it takes. Manual labor. Work. J-O-B, are you spiritually employed or do you just come to eat and get fat? Watch this, watch this. We know scripture, we know scripture. The Bible says, if a man won't work, he should not. We got some greedy people that just shows up and eat all the time and they don't work. 
they think only 20% of the people that come should do all the work. Y'all done got quiet on me. Y'all got quiet. But you can't just serve at church. Watch this. You got to serve physically at home. Sometimes this is important for husbandmen to hear that sometimes when you come home from work, you got to still help at home. Physical support, physical labor is still needed of you, praise the Lord. Work. Work is a task, it's a job, it's activity, it's a deed or labor. <laughs> If you're not going to contribute to it, then you should not partake of its fruit. Hello? Praise the Lord. I know how to find me one individual that is going to agree. Stay hooked up, Larry. Praise God. Now, now this, let's talk about this area because it is the most neglected area. It is the most neglected area that we have when it comes to servanthood, and that's emotional servanthood. Everybody say emotional servanthood. Emotional servanthood. This is so, so significant. Man, it is critical. Oftentimes, we are, we are doing things externally, but we find out that people are hurting inside. And many times, it can be hard to articulate what's going on when you see so many good things people are doing. For example, in marital relationships, it may be hard for a wife to articulate the verbiage she's trying to use regarding her concerns in her marriage for her husband when she sees that he goes to work and he provides. So he's doing physical servanthood. She sees that he's serving in his church. So he's doing spiritual servanthood. But then when it comes to him giving her some emotional support, he checks out. Not available. Not available. Same thing with a wife. It's very important that we understand that emotional servanthood is significant. It is significant. Please listen to me. Long-term neglect of emotional needs. And if you're, and if you're writing checks in someone's emotional uh, bank, but you're not making corresponding deposits, someone will become emotionally bankrupt and suffer a tear in their spirit. And whenever an individual suffers a tear in their spirit, in particular in marriage, when a person suffers a tear in their spirit, that is where divorce comes from. Divorce shows up because somebody has been emotionally bankrupt for a long period of time and they can no longer sustain that position and their spirit has been torn. Go back and read the Bible and look at the divorce in the Bible and you'll understand it's the inner thing. It's the inner thing. So we have to be able to service and be servants to people's emotions. Now, what do you do? What do you do if you've grown up, if you've grown up in ministry or grown up in church and, and, and people always putting down emotions? Because we, 
We can, we can say, you just being emotional. And make that a justification for not giving people the support they need. You being emotional, you need to just get a little more spiritual. You need to get in the word. Well, right now, I can't even see the word because my emotions are wrecked. Now, how can you help me? Look through your Bible and see if you could ever see Jesus turning an emotional person away. Are y'all with me? So emotional servanthood is one of the most neglected areas that we have. We serve people spiritually, physically, but we don't do well emotionally. Purpose of the servant is to remove burdens rather than adding emotional burdens. Hmm. Mm -mm -mm. Go to Galatians 6. Galatians 6. In Galatians 6, I might need my help to come back too. In Galatians 6, verse number 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of the anointing. Bear one another's excess weight. Bear one another's Excess weight. You have children? Is that a weight? You have a job? Is that a weight? You have a life? Is that a weight? And then other stuff comes to her. And away she goes because of the weight. And yet the Bible says, if you are anointed like you say you are, then you ought to show up in the lives of others. Listen, let me take this load while you're taking care of your girls. Let me take this load off you. And when you're ready, you can get this at another time. Bear one another's burdens. Please hear me. Two things. In order to bear another's burden, one, you got to be present. How are you going to help bear my burden and you don't even come to service? How are you going to help bear somebody's burden and they don't hear from you until they show up at church on Sunday. But it wasn't Sunday they needed help. It was Wednesday when it was middle of the week and they were trying to get to service, but things jumped off in their house. And the Holy Spirit brought them across your mind and you just thought you was thinking about them on your own, so you didn't call to check on them. Bear one another's burden. I know it's not yours, but bear it. Here's what shouldn't happen. She's got a life, she's got children, she's got work, and she's got extra weight. That's an excess. And here's how I show up in her life. 
listen, I know you might not have the time right now, but can I give more weight? That is not serving her emotionally the way she needs it. Now, if her heart is as a servant is to be able to help carry weight, she will potentially. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you. She'll potentially. Thank you. No. <laughs> She'll potentially be carrying more weight than she should. Watch this. And how many people walk by this person? Do I dare say at church? And they got weight after weight. And no one shows up to say, listen, let me bear this for you. Let me bear this for you. I'm going to put this in a seat over by me. Let me bear this for you. You shouldn't have come in here with all this on you. We should have saw you in the parking lot. Hello? We shouldn't have saw them when they got into church. We, just, we should have saw them in the parking lot. Oh. How are you going to be able to receive the word with all this weight? On you. Apologize for that poor Jesse. I felt it. I felt that tug. She looks much better, even though she's still carrying some weight without the excess weight. Amen. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for that. So bear one another's burdens. Uh huh. And so fulfill the law of the anointing. So are you being a lifter? Or a leaner? Are you being a lifter or a leaner? <laughs> now, here's what's important. You have to practice being a lifter, carrying another's burden, is what the New English uh, version of the translation says, carrying another's burden. Ah, I, I, I can share it. Two stories with you real quick that uh, actually just recently happened. Uh, last week while we were on vacation in, in, in California, uh, we were out, we were out uh, with the kids out in Los Angeles somewhere. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Are we at Chinese theater or somewhere? I think we was going to Venice Beach or Rodeo Drive somewhere. We were going somewhere, but we were out and we were together and we were having a blast, having a good time, just enjoying ourselves. And, and then I got a phone call. And I got a phone call, and the phone call just punched me. I mean, punched me in my sternum. I felt like my sternum was crushing in on me and just everything in me. And I was on the phone call. Oh, and we went to Uber. We went to Uber. Take, uh, and, and Pastor Candy was behind me. And I'm on this phone call, and I keep looking back at her. And I keep looking back at her. And I keep looking back at her. And um, and we get out the car, we get out the Uber, and we got to our car. Uh, she asked me, babe, are you okay? And I said, I need a moment. I need one minute. Give me one minute. Because I couldn't talk at that moment. And I 
I just circled around the car and walked away from the car. And without even thinking about it, I was just flooded with tears, flooded with tears. And she came, she said, babe, what's going on? And I said, I just got this call that my best friend that I grew up with in Alabama that got me to school in Massachusetts that introduced me to Candace had just died. And I had just told my family while we were on our ride on that day that, listen, the last time as a family we came to California, I missed that opportunity. We were supposed to go by and visit with him and his family. We were in another city. It got too late. I thought I was being concerned for them. Didn't want to keep them up late at night being they had to work. We would have been on vacation. And I chose not to go by. And when I didn't go by, I hurt him for about six months. He was hurt. Wouldn't talk to me for about six months. I knew it. I knew he was hurt. He's like, you know, it doesn't matter what time. If we're in each other's vicinity, we just come. And I said, you're right. I missed that. And so here's the second opportunity. So I tell my family, I said, listen, so on tomorrow, on tomorrow, we're going to go and visit and visit Terry and his family. Well, I get the call on the day before that he has a massive heart attack. So you can imagine what that punch was like with the weight of how could I just miss that? I had missed that years back and now I don't even have the opportunity. Thank God that he redeems all things. Praise God. He redeems all things. But the woman of God came to serve me emotionally in that moment. She knew the way to what that meant. And so she served me in that moment emotionally and, and, and just carried the weight. Um, I mean, literally, I'm, I'm driving. I'm driving us and just just tears just flooding down my face and 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 flashes of of our lives together you know our lives together and our journey and 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 how god god how god allowed me to be in his life to encourage him to move to california and how god encouraged me to call him up and tell him you need to get in a good church and and get the word in you and he did those things and and on that on sunday we were able to go to church with his with his wife and her ch and their children we were able to go to church with them and I was able to see where he served and, and see the impact that he had made there. One of the pastors there told me how he said, listen, um, they have they do tracks like we do. They do tracks. And he said, Terry is the only individual in in the history of our church that we allowed not to complete all the tracks, but start serving. He said he was that good that after he finished track three, I told him, no, we he said, I had so many places I could have placed him to serve, but, but we allowed him to start serving without finishing all the tracks. And he said, and we finally end up getting him through the tracks, but he was already serving. And I was like, wow, praise God for the impact that he had, that he had in ministry. And, and it reminded me that it's important. Now, I didn't think of it at the time that the woman of God was serving me emotionally. That wasn't on my mind. Well, Fast forward a couple of nights ago. I don't remember what was going on. There was a lot going on. We had just got home. We had just got home, and um, 
and we're, we're now I'm talking about I have to go back out to California to go to a funeral and talking about these things and we got all kinds of things trying to get settled at home trying to get back to to the office and got all these things going on and uh, and we get home and it's late it's late and and I'm like what what are we going to eat what are we going to eat and and at no point at no point of reference had I thought well the woman guy hadn't been home either so none of us have been home so there's nothing at home to eat that's fast friendly praise the lord we didn't think because we hadn't went shopping yet. So um, what are we going to eat? And now all of a sudden, tension comes in the room. I'm going to talk to y'all. Y'all less judgmental. <laughs> tension comes in the room. And, and the same opportunity was now presented to me to serve her emotionally. And I missed it. Instead of me thinking, well, babe, listen, let's see what we got. Let's scramble. My mentality, babe, come on, chop, chop. What we going to eat, babe? What we going to eat? Brothers starving need to eat before he gets delirious and hurt something or somebody, praise God. Um, what we going to eat? So, so the woman of God scrambling, she find, praise God, she found some things. She was able to make a juice, praise God, had a juice, glory to God. Okay, what else? Praise God, what else? Thank God for the juice, but what else? Now, hold on, hold on, before y'all start judging me now, don't be, before you start judging me, you got to understand, we had left California at like 5 in the morning or something like that. And then we all got home. We drove home from Boston, two hours, we all got home and just fell out. And then now I'm waking up and it's like 7.30, 8 o'clock at night and I'm thinking, my God, I haven't eaten anything all day. What am I eating? <laughs> and, and, and the woman of God was still resting and I did not bother her, praise God. So now, good job, Pastor. I, she got up though, when she got up, babe, what are we going to eat? <laughs> and so, and so, I could see the pressure. I could see the pressure that came upon her in that moment. And it was an opportunity for me to serve her emotionally. And instead, I became selfish and I made it about me instead of her. I'm telling you that because I'm telling you it's that easy for us to miss it when it comes to emotional servanthood. That easy. You can miss it with your children. You can miss it with a coworker. You can miss it with your spouse. It's that easy to miss emotional servanthood. And it is critical that we walk in this, that we walk in this for one another, bear one another's burdens, serve each other emotionally. Watch this. When it comes to, when it comes to emotional servanthood, this is why, this is why, guys, you need to become the easiest relationships that other people have. Instead of you being as demanding as you are, what if you become the easiest relationship they got? Ooh. And em as an emotional servant, 
you should be dedicated to three things. As an emotional servant, you should be dedicated to three things. Number one, the removal of burdens. Removal of burdens should be your number one concern. Number two, the comfort of another. The comfort of another. Number three, emotional ease for other people. Emotional ease for other people. When you show up, do everybody get all anxious? Or do you bring peace? Oh, they come, they come, oh, they come, get it. Do you cause others angst? Or do you bring peace? Emotional ease. So on that night, I got, on that evening, I got that call. I laid down, uh, had a hard time sleeping that night. And so 7.45, 7.45 Eastern time is 4.45 uh, West Coast time. I get a phone, my phone rings. My phone rings, I don't recognize the number. And I'm like, it's, it's 4.45 in the morning. I'm going to sleep, I'm trying to sleep. Um, at 9.45 Eastern, which is now 6.45, I check my voicemail and I have to make a phone call back to the East Coast. And I get a phone call, very disturbing phone call from an individual, Pastor, I don't know what to do. I have to make a decision regarding my brother. He's on life support. And I don't know what I have to do. I don't know what to do. This person is no longer a member of our church. But after I have just come through trauma, not even through the trauma, I now have to switch and become emotional ease for someone else. Without a doubt, without a thought, without a thought, in and of myself, I probably wouldn't have done it. But without a thought, the grace hit me. To show up in someone else's situation and to walk them and their family through a tough situation for about the next hour on the phone. We have to learn how to be gap feelers for others' emotions. Even when it's uncomfortable for you. I don't know about you, but when, when my emotions are kind of off kilter and high and, and I like to be alone and I don't want to, because mm, I might not be any good to anybody at that moment. So I'd rather let me be by myself so I don't have to be concerned about what might come out my, uh, 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 let me just, mm. 
But what about when you can't just be by yourself? You still need it. Even in discomfort for you, you need to be emotional comfort for others. Are you hearing me? Oh, man. Sometimes you may not even be able to serve physically, but you just having the right word at the right time can fill in a gap for somebody. Hmm. If you look at second, don't turn there, but just write it down. Second Corinthians one verses three through four. You'll see that the Bible talks about I will be what you need emotionally peace so you can do it for someone else. God will become your peace. When your peace have been disturbed, he'll become your peace so that you can be peace for somebody else. Are you hearing me? This is very important, very important. Physical servanthood and spiritual servanthood generates a feeling of love. Physical servanthood and spiritual servanthood generates a feeling of love. Emotional servanthood has the results of likability rather than lovability. Did you catch that? Emotional servanthood has the results of likability. Mm. rather than lovability. <laughs> Where there is no emotional connection, there will be a void in a relationship. Where there is no emotional connection, there will be a void in a relationship. Tim Sanders, Tim Sanders says this. He defines likability as the ability to consistently generate positive emotional experiences in others. If you're taking notes, please put that down. Likeability, the ability to consistently generate positive emotional experiences in others. Right now, you can think about people who generate for you consistently positive emotional experiences. And at the same time, you can think about other people. Who do not generate consistently positive <laughs> emotional experiences. Here's what's important. Likeability affects whether people want to be around you. They don't even have to love you, but because they like you, they want to be around you. Go to Mark 10, 17, Mark 10, 17, real quick. I wasn't even going to have you turn there, but I think it's worthwhile to look at. My, 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 my. I've still got like six pages of notes. Mark 10, verse 17. Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now, excuse me one moment. Would you not say that his approach is excellent? The Bible says he came running, 
He knelt down before him, recognized his lordship, asked him, addressed him properly, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus looking at him. What does the, next, the Bible say next? Then Jesus looking at him. Come on, talk to me. Then Jesus looking at him. Loved him. What would you say you said, Natasha? Liked him. So watch this. Jesus loves him and he likes him. He looks at him with love, lovability, and likability. One thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. But he was sad at, his word, at this word, and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. The truth was, he didn't have great possessions. His possessions had him. And because his possessions had him, he couldn't do what the master asked of him. Oh, please catch this. Please catch this. Mm. Although Jesus was correcting him, he loved him. Can you be corrected and still realize you're loved? Because many of us, if we get real sensitive about it, y'all know I'm sensitive, praise God. So, you know, many of us, if we get corrected, though that sensitivity will start kicking in. They don't care nothing about me. You know, them, little Henry sit on your shoulder, start talking in that ear? Little Henry. Y'all know new Hen little Henry? That little devil. <laughs> that little devil get on your shoulder, start whispering in your ear. Mm -mm. They don't like you. They just want you here because you give. Y'all know little Henry just go, he take it to the next level. It doesn't have nothing to do with what was just talked about. It's now, they don't care nothing about you. Look, look back, look back, look back four years ago, four and a half years ago. Remember when this, look, see, see how that happened? Little Henry have you finding everything. <laughs> but can you be corrected and know that you still loved? Seven areas of emotional servanthood. Seven areas of emotional servanthood. Lord have mercy. Seven areas of emotional servanthood. Number one, approachability. Approachability. Are you welcoming? What is your tone like with others? Are you easy to get things done? Approachability. Number two, correctability. Correctability. Can you be told that you made a mistake without you having to have a defense and come back? 
Oh, hallelujah. Number three, absorbing versus transferring. Absorbing versus transferring. Can you learn how not to pass emotional uneasiness on to others? When it comes to absorbing versus transferring, if you cannot discuss a problem with the fruit of the spirit, then you need to wait till you have peace. Hello? If you can't discuss a situation with the fruit of the Spirit, wait till you have peace before you try to talk about it. Now watch this. If the person you talk to all of a sudden decides their emotional state is going to cause the situation to escalate, it shouldn't cause you to escalate. You should stay in peace. But some of us know that other people can trigger us. Oh, see, y'all going to look like y'all don't have this stuff happening. But some of us know other people can trigger us. All of a sudden, they go up octave. I'm going to go up octave above that. Why are you yelling? Why are you yelling? Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? <laughs> Number four, being emotionally tuned in. Being emotionally tuned in. There are times you and I need to forget about ourselves and be sensitive to the emotional needs of others. Regardless of your need, you need to be emotionally sensitive to the need of others. See, that's what happened when I missed it. It was an opportunity for, the, for me to forget my need. I was hungry. I'm hungry. Ah, now eat. Ah. It was a moment for me to set my need aside. Watch this. Babe, how can I help you? How can I help you? We both were tired. How can I help you? Is there something I can do? Can I boil some water? Number five. Adjusting our point of view. My God. Can you take your lenses off? and put somebody else's lenses on to look through? Or does it always have to be the way you see it? Number six. Ooh, y'all, it gets better. Number six, helping on other people's terms. Mm, mm, mm. Not when it's convenient for you. But when it's on their terms and you don't have any control of it. Oh, my, my, my. You, you said you're a servant. See, emotional servanthood, 
You can't be selfish. You have to be willing to serve at the other person on the terms of the other person. Ooh, I don't feel like it. Mm-mm, you're a servant. It's in you to do. Don't wait. Don't go on your feelings because your feeling may never show up. Number seven, assurance and affirmation. <laughs> when you are being inconvenienced, you ain't got to tell them all that. Look what you did. Why, how come you were trying to do it? You ain't got to tell them all that. They already know they made a mistake. They know they jacked up. Why you got to now come highlight it and magnify it? Let them know. Listen, it's okay. We can, we can make some corrections. I appreciate all y'all nodding and saying, mm-hmm, I agree, Pastor. Let me tell you, when this stuff gets tested, remember you were nodding. <laughs> remember you was in agreement, praise God. I, I mean, you know, you can't talk about subject matters like this and not expect it to be tested. You're going to see somebody with burdens on them. You're going to see somebody carrying extra weight, and you're going to have the opportunity. Oh, I'm so in a hurry right now. Am I going to stop and pray for them, or am I, I just needed to pick up this one item in the store. I'm going to pray for them in the store, and people are going to be looking at me. You're going to be at home. And something's going to come up. And it's going to be an opportunity for you to serve. I think I'm going to have to teach this stuff on a Sunday because I need to teach the whole house this stuff. Because, listen, it makes some impact. If you start serving this way, it makes some impact but it doesn't make the greatest impact because the ones we're serving, they don't know why we serve serving the way we serve serving. They don't understand that our objective is not to be noticed, is not to be recognized. Don't highlight my service. No, it ain't about me. This is all about him. I do this for the pleasure of one. I serve for an audience of one. If I can get him to say, well done, daughter, well done, son, I know I made daddy happy. Everybody else going to be all right. I got to stop because the time went to zero. I was hoping I was looking at it and it was just had been at zero, but I had seen numbers. So I can't even act like it wasn't changed. He didn't change it in my favor. <laughs> Did you, was this helpful for anybody? Was this helpful? Let me see. I think I said I had six more pages to go. It was just a few. It was a few. Listen, it, it don't matter. Praise God. The Holy Ghost got, had you to get what you needed. I believe he had you to receive what you had need of.